Hello, I'm Mike Brown, Executive Editor of Supermarket News, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast series, Off the Shelf with SN. In today's episode, we'll talk with Greg Sterling, VP of Market Insights for Uberall. Greg is a recognized expert on a range of digital marketing topics and a contributing editor for Search Engine Land. Today, we'll be talking with him about trends in in-store traffic and how those might change with the rollout of vaccinations nationwide. Welcome, Greg. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me. Happy sure. to be here. Great. Uh, to start off, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Uberall and the kind of services you offer to, to brick-and-mortar retailers? Sure. Um, so the, the, the official line that shows up on the pre- press releases is, uh, we help brands deliver a superior near-me customer experience. Um, you know, and that's sort of intriguing, but nobody knows what that really means. Uh, what it means in practice is that we help uh, enterprises, retailers manage store location data and related information. Um, we also manage brand reputation uh, and we, we deliver um, insights based on some advanced analytics tools that we have and there'll be other uh, related products rolling out throughout the year. So we're, we're helping uh, retailers manage their online presence and engagement with uh, consumers online in key sites like Google, Facebook, uh, Yelp, uh, mobile apps, navigation apps, um, so a lot of those those kinds of sites. Got it. Uh, we were talking earlier, and I wanted to, to just fill in our audience uh, about something about location analytics. You know, we were talking about how important that is. Uh, can can you um, expand on that a little bit? You know, the the the, the I won't go too deeply sure. into the history of it, but basically, you know, once you had smartphone penetration at critical mass levels, which happened, you know, four, five, six years ago, you, you started to get some very interesting data around location. You know, you could see where people were moving in the real world, where they lived, uh, their visits to certain kinds of retailers. Uh, did they go to the gym? You know, what time of day did they do certain things? And that data, which was an inevitable kind of byproduct of some of the apps that uh, capture location, mm-hmm started to become very, very interesting. And people started to figure out you could do all kinds of things with that. So you could do, you know, you could really gain, as my comments suggest, a bunch of insights into your audience. You know, my, where do my customers, how often do my customers come into my store? What other competitive stores do they go to? What other kinds of businesses do they visit? You know, sort of a, a it, it's kind of a, like a clickstream data, but for the real world, you know, where do they go before they come to me? Where do they go after? Um, you could really track brand affinities and gain con- competitive insights, share of foot traffic, like share of voice. Um, and you could, you could do uh, really kind of crazy and interesting things with attribution. So they saw an ad campaign, um, even into traditional media, direct mail, out of home, uh, TV in some instances. And then they came into my store after they saw that uh, campaign. So you could really measure the real world impact of digital and traditional ads which had been historically very difficult to do without sort of compl- complex and expensive methodologies. Yeah. Obviously, I uh, could go on. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll come back to it if we have time. <laughs> um, but I mean, but I mean, the, the important thing to understand is like, is you know, I mean, there's some privacy issues here that we're not going to get into, perhaps sure. because of the nature of this this podcast. But let's just assume that everything is done ethically here. You've really got broad visibility into what your audience is is doing and who they are. You get a lot of insights into who they are. You can really understand who your most loyal customers are, who your casual customers are, who your lapsed customers are, 
and and how those segments break out uh, among your competitors as well. So it's pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and obviously, I think it's stuff that that a lot of grocery retailers have been watching in the past year, even closer. Um, you know, they, they've been paying much more attention, I think, to their in-store traffic over the past year as uh, patterns changed. Uh, initial hoarding turned to online grocery surges, and then there was a slow return to in-store shopping. Uh, what were the key trends that you've seen throughout the pandemic, pandemic in 2020? Well, you identified, obviously, the big one, which was the, the decline in traffic um, that happened initially with some of the lockdowns, you know, which, which was um, sort of characteristic of a lot of industries. Um, but then, you know, also the sort of the hoarding, which is, a, you know, um, I would say uh, f- frequency of visits declined. Um, it's, it's, I think, picked back up again. But frequency of, of store visits has declined, but basket size and duration went way up. You know, people were making fewer visits. They were trying to be more efficient. Instead of shopping for tonight's meal, they were shopping for the week. They were doing more planning. Uh, but the big one is really delivery and curbside pickup, you know, or the big two. I mean, they're sort of kind of yeah. a, a similar in a sense, you know, where you're not going into the store. You're, you're minimizing your contact with the, the indoor environment. You're getting somebody to come out to you or you're, you're picking something up at the curbside. Those are, those are sort of sea changes in grocery behavior that I think are here to stay. Um, you know, food delivery across the board, including restaurants, is, is you know, a huge mm-hmm. shift in the market. And um, so those, those, those are the really uh, high-level big ones. Um, another one I would say is the... Uh, the rise in contactless payments, NFC in stores. That was already pretty well established in, in major grocery store chains before COVID hit. But I think that that's been really accelerated and cemented. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now everybody's got a terminal that can take a, a smartphone payment. And it's, it's kind of a quiet revolution that hasn't been talked about as much as some of the other things. Um, but that's, that's another one for sure. Yeah. And now, um, this year, we're looking at a new critical factor to, to all those pandemic shopping behaviors, and that's the rollout of vaccines. Uh, you know, it's still very early going for, for that, but uh, can you tell us what you've seen so far? Yeah, I mean, stores, grocery stores, unlike other kinds of retail environments, have been open consistently. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, even though they've seen declines in visitation or changes in visitation behavior, it hasn't been as radical as some of the other other categories, you know, where there's been lockdowns and then opening up and then locking down again. I mean, I'm in California, and so it's really been a roller coaster here. Yeah. Um, in other states, it's been a little bit different. But in terms of the vaccine, you know, I think that there's, um, you know, there's a lot of hope. Uh, I think there's, you know, there's some frustration and some disappointment that things aren't happening as quickly as they were promised. But I think people are hopeful and optimistic about a return to normal life in the in the near term, you know, whatever that means, whether it's summer or fall, where we can get to a place where enough people have been vaccinated so it feels safer to be indoors. Um, you know, right now you're you're hearing about double masking, and yeah. and, and in places like uh, where the where the variants are kind of coming in into uh, into view, you know, recommendations that you not go into into stores as much. But I think, you know, on balance, we're, we're seeing some hopeful attitudes and, and some optimi- optimism that we're going to see a return to normalcy, whatever that now means, 
um, within the next couple of quarters. There's a population of people that have really never taken uh, coronavirus as seriously as the majority, and their their behavior and attitudes haven't changed radically throughout this whole thing. Right. So there, you know, there are different segments within the population for sure. You know, a lot, a lot of these grocery stores also operate pharmacies, and and you know, the vaccines are becoming available to these operators. That's certain. That may have an influence on store tra- on in store traffic. I mean, you know, that that may be another way of getting customers into the stores. Um, and, any thoughts on that on on vaccination sites and stores? Absolutely. I mean, I think the the assumption there is is absolutely correct that if if uh, pharmacies and stores become vaccine centers vaccination centers you're going to see an increase in in store traffic and that's a that's a smart thing to do it's a good thing to do for everybody who participates really to help accelerate the process of getting the population vaccinated and then also to bring people into the store so i think i think 100% that's going to be have a have a net positive effect on on store traffic let me let me say one one sure additional thing that I neglected to say a moment ago, which is, um, you know, one of the really interesting things as normalcy returns, or the new normal, to use the overused phrase, kicks in as, as we sort of approach herd immunity, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how much delivery, grocery delivery and curbside pickup still maintain their audiences, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think, you know, delivery has spiked, it's become a multi-billion dollar business, um, online grocery shopping, is that going to continue at the same level or is it going to dramatically decline? I mean, one of the things by analogy that we see in traditional, uh, you know, apparel retail is that when stores open back up, e-commerce goes down. It's not quite a zero-sum relationship, but it's pretty correlated. And will that happen here? I mean, I think to some degree, but I think delivery and curbside pickup convenience factors like that are going are gonna to remain uh, pretty popular after the fact. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to use delivery sometimes when it's convenient for me. Often I'll go into the store cause I want to pick out my own produce or, you know, I don't have enough to, uh, to justify the delivery fees. Um, but that'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. Related to that. And another thing, interesting thing to watch will be as restaurants come back on board and into a more normal existence, um, you know, and the impact that may have on consumer shopping behavior with fewer meals at home means less shopping. But, you know, are consumers ready for that or, you know, are they going to be going, rushing back to restaurants or have they settled into a new sort of cooking at home, eating at home shopping behavior? I think I think the answer is somewhere in the middle. I think I think people's behavior did change and a lot of people discovered cooking. I have a I have an adult daughter who's who's uh, living with us and she really didn't do much cooking on her own, you know, didn't do much cooking. Uh, before the pandemic, and now she's, you know, making more elaborate meals and in than we are, you know, and 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 enjoying it. And she's become quite an accomplished cook. And I think that that's true for a lot of people. People have discovered cooking; they enjoy cooking. Um, there's also pent up demand to mm-hmm. to go back into restaurants. You know, restaurants more, represent more than just eating. It's it's entertainment. It's a social activity. It's being in a new environment, getting away from the confinement of the the home. So. As restaurants come back online, you know, indoor dining, that is, we're going to see people come back into restaurants. But I don't think it's going to be exactly the same as before, uh, like all of these things. I think there'll right. be there'll be a mix. And I think, uh, you know, grocery stores will still enjoy, you know, the benefits, if I can use that term, of of a lot of a lot more shopping behavior and, and cooking at home. Mm-hmm. 
any thoughts on what retailers might be able to do this year to to sort of improve the that in-store the number of in-store visits or should they just really focus on on the rise in curbside and 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 delivery well i i think there's a sort of a broader philosophical question that they have to think about which is which is how do they deliver the best experience for their customers i think this is true for all retailers um, you know, they, they really need to think, what do, what do my customers need and want and what are they responding to? And I don't think it's really, you know, you should see curbside and delivery as stopgap measures uh, to, to be abandoned once, um, you know, once we hit herd immunity. I mean, I think you, you, you need to make the customer experience, which, which is now both online and offline, um, you know, a, a, a really positive one. And um, so you need to maintain these conveniences but you also really need to do do a uh, a good job with your online um, uh, experience, right? So this is this is Uberall's business, but I'm not pitching Uberall here. Okay. I just think all of these shopping behaviors start online now in a way that they didn't before. Is the store open? What's you know? Is the product available near me? Um, looking for promotions, and the more the more that you can bring. This is sort of generic advice, but it also I think applies to groceries. The more you can bring the 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 the, the in-store experience or the store environment online, the better. Which means, you know, images. It means promotions. Um, you know, I mean, for years and years, grocers kept putting uh, and still do putting uh, coupons in circulars that were in physical newspapers. And I'm not going to say that that attracts no one. It's it still still has an audience. But, but you know, you could do a lot of that stuff in Google Posts, for example, in your Google My Business profile, you know, on social media. So I think that um, traditional grocers, many of them are doing this, should, should really reach out to their customers wherever they are and really need to try and bring as much of their personality, their, you know, the environment uh, to that digital experience uh, as they can. Um, you know it's challenging, but I think it's 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 important. And one of the things that also is true is that they need to pay attention to their online reputation. So a lot of brands, a lot of enterprises, really neglect to respond to reviews. They res- they they don't read read local reviews. They don't respond to reviews. And it's really important to pay attention to that because there's a self-serving dimension, which is that more reviews and more positive reviews means that you're going to rank higher for certain kinds of unbranded searches or product searches um, but it but it's also a place where you can really get a lot of information about your customers what they're experiencing what they like what they don't like there's a wealth of information in those reviews that can be extracted and can improve the experience in stores um, you know there's all kinds of ideas that may be generated there I mean you really need to have a conversation with your customers and that's one way to do it. There are other ways. You know, people, a lot of people do NPS uh, surveys, mm-hmm. but, but reviews are something to pay attention to and to respond to, especially in cases where somebody is really pointing out something very negative or, or uh, uh, critical. Okay. That's great stuff, Greg. That, that gives us a lot to think about. Uh, um, I want to thank you for, for joining us today again. Um, this has been uh, eye-opening, I think. I think our, our audience is really going to get some, some, some great... Uh, thoughts out of it so thank you for that uh, absolutely my my pleasure this is just tip of the iceberg stuff but hopefully it'll stimulate some thinking and uh, be useful for people great well this has been SN Off the Shelf with today's guest Greg Sterling of Uberall 
Uh, I'd like to thank you all for listening today and stay safe and be well.